Welcome to the Pursuit of Health podcast, where we challenge long-standing assumptions, beliefs, and attitudes about what it means to be healthy by exploring new points of view, research, and concepts about health. In other words, all the topics that everyone's talking and asking about. I'm your host, Doug Cook. In this podcast, I want to encourage you, the listener, to think differently about your own health and health pursuits, and to keep an open mind as we explore diverse perspectives, new evidence, and strategies by connecting with thought leaders who are pushing the boundaries in the health sciences. Aging and longevity science. Many people dread the thought of getting old. Perhaps it's because having more kilometers on the odometer means their youth is fading. Perhaps it has nothing to do with the idea of, quote, getting old, but maybe it's because they fear or dread the seemingly inevitable age-related diseases that come with added years. Amazingly, there are several species of plants and animals that seem to defy aging as we know it. This, of course, begs the question, do we have to age or why do we have to age? In this podcast, I'll review what researchers actually mean when they refer to aging and clarify what so-called anti-aging and longevity research is all about, because there's a lot of confusion on the topic, and because of this confusion, the idea of influencing the rate of aging or the quality of aging is dismissed and ridiculed, as is anyone who talks about the topic. Now, a little bit about why I'm fascinated by this subject. When I was 16, my mother was diagnosed with brain cancer, specifically glioblastoma. Fast forward a couple of decades, and I and my extended family later learned that a genetic cancer called Lynch syndrome runs in our families, passed down by my maternal grandfather. Let's just say watching my mother deteriorate with the awful disease triggered an understandable, yet at the same time irrational fear of getting sick, old, and dying, in this case dying prematurely. My mother was only 48 years old when she passed away. I've been tested, and luckily I don't carry the gene, but there's still no escaping father time. I've always had a sense of the connection between lifestyle, including nutrition and exercise on chronic disease, and my mother's cancer diagnosis basically heightened that awareness, and while it's subsided for the most part, I still have an irrational fear of becoming decrepit and frail. All of this has led me on a path of discovery over the past few decades, including going down heaps of rabbit holes looking for the ever-elusive fountain of youth. So, back to aging and longevity science and why studying it is such a hot topic these days, with new research being published at neckbreak speed. Before we can seek to slow aging, we have to answer the question still, do we have to age? Aging is a bitch, so the saying goes. If you're over 35, you've noticed subtle changes to your body in one way or another. We often think of different diseases as discrete conditions, each with their own separate causes and treatments. But the reality is most diseases have a unifying thread. And you guessed it, the common feature is aging. So in this sense, aging can be considered the leading cause of death, debilitation, and suffering worldwide. But when someone develops cancer, heart disease, high blood pressure, metabolic dysfunction, diabetes, dementia, and many other diseases, most don't view it through the lens of aging, but they should. Chronic disease then becomes a good reason to worry about getting older. But if there was a way to slow down aging and therefore delay chronic disease development, wouldn't that be a worthwhile pursuit? 
But is it even possible? We're taught to accept that the last half of our lives will be one of increasing decrepitude, a fate that is both inevitable and expected. This expectation is so ingrained that many of us feel that taking a proactive approach to healthy aging is lip service. Hey, we're all going to die anyway, so what's the point? Now, in defense of those who might think that way, there have been many theories of aging that never quite panned out. Each theory on its own could not fully explain every aspect of aging. And so any intervention based on those theories only took us so far in our understanding of aging and what could be done about it. So I think our acceptance of the idea that the increasing risk of age-related diseases is just part of life and something that we should accept, that coupled with the lackluster of previous longevity research stops many of us from asking again, do we have to age? Okay, so I know that's a bit of a trick question. All life forms age, but they don't all age equally. It all boils down to something called senescence. And in biology, senescence is the condition or process of deterioration with age, which results in the loss of a cell's power generation and the loss of a cell's ability to divide and grow. When cells divide, they make new copies of themselves in order to replace older, less efficient cells. In this way, our tissues and organs can repair and maintain themselves, but there's a limit to how many times a cell can divide, and senescence is the default in the majority of species. So what do anti-aging and longevity researchers seek to understand and therefore ultimately manipulate? The ability to do what other species have evolved to do. Slow down the rate of senescence to a virtual crawl so that we can live vibrantly for a very, very long time. Consider the lifespans of the following animals. Rough-eye rockfish, 205 years. Aldebra giant tortoise, 255 years. Freshwater pearl mussels, 210 to 250 years. Ocean quahog clam, ready for this, 507 years. Greenland sharks, a close second, at 400 years. Amazing. So it's important to note that while these animals appear not to age, they of course will still die. They're still vulnerable to predation, accidents, starvation, changes to their environment, and diseases that are not related to the decline of cell function and cell reproduction that goes with senescence. So from a biological perspective, the idea of increased longevity or anti-aging is absolutely biologically and mechanistically possible. Otherwise, it wouldn't be the case for these animals. We just need to figure out how it's possible, with lots of help, of course, for humans. This is where so-called anti-aging science comes in. There are multiple theories on aging, but again, none of them have fully explained why we experience senescence, and so any intervention based on those theories just hasn't worked out. But there is one theory that is pulling way ahead of the pack, and with good reason. It's very well supported by research. It's called the hallmarks of aging. This theory, first published in 2013, segments aging into nine distinct categories, or hallmarks, which interact with each other to drive the development of age-related disease. But by targeting these nine hallmarks, the hope is to alter the rate of decline or dysfunction and thereby slow the aging process. This is the whole goal. It's beyond the scope of this podcast to break down the hallmarks of aging. That will be a topic for a future episode.
But suffice it to say, this framework gives anti-aging and longevity scientists insight into how they might directly intervene against these nine different aging processes to significantly slow down aging. In other words, there will be tons of strategies in the future to leverage against the ravages of time. The future of anti-aging science will include medications, stem cell therapy, gene therapy, CRISPR and nanotechnology, and more, with the goal of influencing gene expression, promoting nuclear and mitochondrial DNA repair, supporting neurogenesis, and optimizing countless metabolic reactions needed for energy production, tissue, and organ repair. But we are still a way off from real-life application. In the meantime, there are lots of nutrients, nutraceuticals, functional foods, and supplements that are supported by research and show promise in targeting the nine hallmarks of aging in different ways that anyone can start to leverage today as we all wait for the field of longevity research to continue. In future podcasts, I'll be covering different supplements which have been shown to improve many features of aging, such as apigenin, quercetin, glycine, collagen, and acetylcysteine, or NAC for short, as well as B vitamin derivatives, including NR, also known as nicotinamide riboside, NMN, or nicotinamide mononucleotide, and nicotinic acid, also called niacin. But in the meantime, anyone who knows me or follows me knows I've been fascinated by the role NAD has on aging because of its impact on cellular energy production and output. Sadly, NAD levels decline significantly as we get older. By the time a person is 50 to 55 years of age, their NAD levels have declined by over 40% compared to where they were in their late teens. So no, that feeling of slowing down is not in your head. The single best way to boost and maintain NAD, in a word, exercise. So while there are a lot of different nutritional strategies, including supplements that can further increase and maintain NAD levels, why not consider adding a little purposeful activity into your weekly routine? It's one of the best things you can do to start. Until next time, have a great day. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just hit subscribe and be sure to visit my website dougcookrd.com for more great content and other podcast episodes. And if you share this to social media, go ahead and tag me. I look forward to being with you in future recordings. I hope you have a great day and thanks for listening.